0: Hey friends, I'm Ashley. Hey you guys. I'm Lainey. And this is Haunted Real Estate. hello everyone this is your host today Lainey. laney today we have swapped seats so i will be sharing the story and ashley knows nothing of this i'm a really good backseat driver though oh aren't you ever so (laughs) (laughs) i am a little nervous i you guys uh i've I've said before, and any of, anyone who's ever known me knows I'm a horrible storyteller. However, it's a great start. I, I have notes, obviously. I've done research, so I hope this goes well. Uh, so I'm just going to dive right into it and hope for the best. I hope this isn't the worst episode this podcast has released thus far. No, leave that to me. Uh, gladly. Alright, so today we will be talking about what is considered the most haunted house in Ireland. Ever since it was originally built... In 1350, this structure has remained an architectural marvel. Through this stunning Georgian mansion on -on Feathered-on-Sea, Ireland has long been revered for its beauty. It's also inspired terror for its chilling tales of ghosts. Mm -hmm. This property has seen many deaths, but most known for the night it was host to the devil himself. What? You heard me. Located in New Ross in County Wexford, Ireland, on the Hook Peninsula, or as they say in Ireland, Hook Peninsula. Hook Peninsula. Uh, We are diving into the story of Loftus Hall. Okay, I'm ready. And I love Ireland. I love Ireland, too, and honestly, I'm going to screw up a lot of these names. Most of them are, really aren't that hard to say, but I do apologize for any Irish listeners. As always, you know that we're walking faux pas around here, so. Yes. Um, Pre-apologies. This, this is an American girl trying to learn Irish history. Uh, It is so fascinating. In fact, I would love to dive into it deeper, but we can talk about that later. So I wanted to start off with a bit of history of the surrounding areas before we go into the home itself. Uh, The Hook Peninsula is a peninsula, of course, in County Wexford, Ireland. It has been a gateway to Southeast Ireland for successive waves of newcomers, including the Vikings, Anglo Normans, and the English. You'll find at the tip of the Hook Peninsula. Sorry, I'm gonna do this like Huska (laughs) Caskell. Caskell! (laughs) Caskell! Oh lord. Uh, I can't help but just say hook like Huska. Huska. Uh, But the most notable stop on the Ring of Hook Drive is Hook Lighthouse. Hook is the oldest and still operational lighthouse in the world. And there has been a tower there since 1172. God, that's what I love about history on the other side of the pond is like nothing is here from 11 anything. I know like this. um, I will dive into some fun facts at the end, but I can go ahead and just spoil a little bit. Uh, This part of Ireland is... Like this is the first known human footsteps in this in Ireland at all is this area, so it's just it's super cool. In the fifth century, when Welsh monk named Dubhan founded a monastery around where the medieval Church of Saint Saviour stands today, it is said that Dubhan set up a beacon at Hook Point. Uh, and keep in mind, this might be uh, just a pile of stones with burning timber sitting on top of, you know, a pile of the pile of stones to act as a navigational light for ships entering the nearby harbor. His followers considered him saint and kept that beacon burning for over seven centuries. Like, Holy moly. I know. This guy was just a hero. And to keep anything going for seven centuries is nuts. That's wild. That's like the Olympics fire. Yeah. This is also known as the graveyard of a thousand ships uh, because the water in this area is so rocky and dangerous. Um, There were a few times here and there, you can imagine, people couldn't keep the light burning. So ships would just kind of sail right into the rocks. And you have to keep in mind the Atlantic Ocean, just very rocky. Watery. (laughs) So watery over there. So much water, man. Just a very rocky, windy, just like kind of terrifying water just bursting up against the rocks. So, again, I'm just doing a brief history of Hook Lighthouse because, again, it's the oldest and still standing, and I just couldn't get past it. I could have put this at the end, but I'm trying to paint a picture of where Loftus Hall is. Yeah, it's watery, rocky. Oldest lighthouse. Oldest light. Yeah, that's just wild. Yes. So, during 1704, Hookhead Lighthouse was transferred to the revenue commissioners of Queen Anne. The lighthouse wasn't taken over for some time, as Henry Loftus, who you will hear about later, he had a 21-year lease on it. The lighthouse was then passed to Henry's son, who had a dispute with the revenue commissioners over the renewal of the lease. It is said that in 1726, he made a threat to extinguish the light. What a jerk. Wow. Yeah. Why? Why? Because he wanted to get paid in advance, so he's going to extinguish the light and possibly sink some ships that depend on that mother loving light. Yeah, a little bit of a selfish asshole. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that. And we already know that they're a wealthy family. So, did you really need to do this? You just kind of wanted to show you have power, but yeah. whatever. Get fuked, bro. Yes. yes. So over the years, Hook Tower started to fall and disappear. It wasn't until 1971 when the revenue granted a contract to maintain and staff Hook Point along with a number of other lighthouses in Ireland. Over time, of course, inventions updated the lighthouse as we saw oil lamp- lamps go to coal gas to vaporized paraffin. And then finally in 1972, electricity was placed in. But 1972, they waited that long, huh? They sure did. I'm sure, you know, I say that, I'm sure it's not that easy getting it out to a lighthouse because in real estate, getting electricity out to a house in a rural area can be tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. It, it can be extremely expensive. So I don't know why I'm like scoffing at 1972. It's well, yeah. And you have to imagine it's, it's on a peninsula and it's, it's in Ireland. I'm not sure how fast electricity spread from country to country. Yeah. No, i well, I'm sure they had it in the major cities of Ireland, but getting it out there's so many rural spaces. Yeah, in Ireland sure. and Scotland, and I'm I'm sure it took a while to get stuff out there. So that makes sense. Yeah, I had to talk it out to myself. It's it's okay. Keep doing that. But what kind of bumped me out was by 1977 is when lightkeepers' families were removed from lighthouses across Ireland. I don't know why that bums me out. I just always think of those movies and books where there's you know families that kind of run these lighthouses yeah it's it's an old school job and and it's like like people that operated the telephones and stuff like that yeah. and they were reconnecting and stuff like that I mean, yeah technology improved and it just changed what those jobs were but it, it's still a job that just you know no longer exists It's kind of a bummer. Yeah. So in 77, they got rid of lightkeeper families. Um, then they had six keepers assigned to Hook specifically, with three on duty at any one time. And then the end of all lighthouse keeper posts at Hook arrived in 1996, when all of the keepers were withdrawn across Ireland. In 2009, automated. Excuse me. <laughs> auto, <laughs> automatic. Automatic identification system functionality was introduced uh, to Hookhead Lighthouse. So it took all the way until 2009 for an automation system to come. But still, when you think about how long that has been there, it's pretty amazing. It's still standing today. And you can still take tours of it if you do decide to head up over there. Interesting. Okay. I would love to look at a lighthouse. Oh, yeah. I would love to go to Ireland and look at a lighthouse. Also, what's cool about this, um, other interesting facts, about two and a half hours north is Dublin. An hour away is Waterford as Waterford Crystal. It's the oldest city in Ireland, founded by the Vikings. Wow. And about 10 minutes down the road is the Loftus Hall, which is the story we're going to go into. I'm ready. Now, again, there is a legend I'm going to talk about. This is a little bit of background as to how the hall became what it is today. It was originally a castle started by a Norman knight named Raymond Legros. Built a castle on the Loftus Hall property in 1170. He wanted to assimilate into Irish society despite having tirelessly fought to conquer its people. So he changed his name to Redmond. Hmm. When the Blackman... (laughs) Blackman... (laughs) wow uh sorry uh when the black plague (laughs) (laughs) not the black man when the black man arrived oh god (laughs) that's not where i was going with that classic misunderstanding Um, yes the black plague bubonic when the plague plague is bubonic (laughs) B-U-O-B. B-U-B-O-N-I-C. No? Good, good job. Good job. <laughs> you know that song, right? Yes. Now I'm trying to think of the actual word. This shit is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Yeah. But they, but. Bubonic. Yeah, they made a song out of that. Yeah. This plague is bubonic. B-U-B-O-N-I-C. And. Sh- Continue, sorry. That people shows that she was indeed a history teacher. Yeah. I mean, you got to do what you can to make the kids remember. I mean, I didn't make up that song. It's on YouTube, but. Sure. I have no shame in singing it. She probably made up a dance, though. Uh, Anyway, so when the Black Plague arrived in 1350, uh, Redmond's descendants replaced the castle with the more modern-day structure, a mansion, which was then known as Redmond Hall. The Irish Confederate Wars had broken out in 1641, and hostilities commenced in Wexford in 1643. A group of men were attacked by the Irish Confederates, and they found themselves at Redmond Hall, Alexander Redmond was known to have a soft spot for rebels, so he took them in. He prepared to defend Redmond Hall with others and his family, and essentially a lot of brutal attacks happened here. A lot of people died. There were cannons, fire, weapon. Everything you can think of, I did not want to go into the amount of people that died. Because, again, this history is booming. When you think American history is convoluted, Irish history is older and has a lot more people involved. And it's a little bit nuts, um, but also fascinating. We could do a whole episode on this. Can I say Redmond's Hall is kind of interesting? Because, like, Irish and Scottish are known for their red hair. So, Well, again, he... He was originally not Irish. He actually oh, fought that's right. the Irish. Well, not Alexander himself. This was his ancestor, essentially, because so he's trying the, to blend in with the Irish by being like, "This is Redman." Yeah, so he <laughs> changed his name to Redman. A lot of people did that, you know, in the old times. Um, just I mean, even our names were changed. A lot of people's names were changed coming into America. Mm-hmm. That's true. <clears throat> but so after a bunch of people died, Alexander Redman had to defend his home again twice more from soldiers of Englishmen, specifically Oliver Cromwell. In the autumn of 1649, during the, I love this name, Cromwellian. Oh, Cromwellian. <laughs> Got it. Uh, conquest of Ireland. Uh, it is alleged that at the end of the battles, Alexander Redmond received favorable terms from Cromwell. But he did die in the hall in 1650 or 1651, after which his surviving family was evicted, only able to retain about a third of their original state estates in County Wexford. The hall was seized by Englishmen and by a year, get this, 1666. Oh, 666, six, six. I don't like that. An ominous year indeed, it is taken over by the wealthy Loftus family. They were known to be English planters. They turned Redmond Hall into Loftus Hall. So that story really upset me because Alexander Redmond just seemed like a good guy. I mean he took in whoever needed help and he you know battled for his home and stood by that until he died and then his family got evicted. I mean that just sucks. That is a bummer. So that just kind of sets the tone as to what happened on that land and property before the Loftus family moved in. So the Loftus are kind of Scrooges? I mean, you can't really blame them. The, the English took over, mm-hmm. and the event, like a couple years later, the Loftus family ended okay, up taking okay. that property. So it's not really their fault. It's the English in general, um, that whole battle with English in Ireland. Interesting. Yeah, but actually, on that note, now I have to rewind a little bit. Uh, supposedly, after the Loftus family took over, uh, that the Redmond family did try to take them to court. Uh, of course, this is years later, and they did unfortunately lose the battle. So again, it's just a little bit heartbreaking that they were there for so long. I mean, they were the ones that made it from a castle to kind of the home you see today. Of course, we're going to talk about a lot of renovations, but yeah, the Redmonds really. Started this whole shindig, but anyways, we can make this a Redmond episode if we want to. But this is about the Loftus family. I do suggest reading more into it because, again, the Irish history is super cool. So, the Loftus family originally, Sir Dudley Loftus, Ooh, Dudley, Dudley, Dudley the Studley, or uh, not so anyways, studly. Uh, and <laughs> his- <laughs> And his son, Henry, who we mentioned before, having a 21-year lease on the lighthouse, they did extensive repairs to the existing structure, as it, of course, had seen centuries of war and destruction, and there was a lot to fix. The Loftus family continuously grew into a more prominent name around the peninsula over the decades. Now that we have covered a very brief, and mind you, American version of Ireland's history, We can dive into the story that makes Loftus Hall one of the most haunted homes in Ireland. All right, let's go. (laughs) Don't interrupt me. Sorry. Fast forwarding to 1775 when it was under Charles Tottenham, a.k.a. Charles Loftus, care. Now we're going into the legend. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Clench your butt cheeks. Hold on to your butts. (laughs) In the middle of the 18th century, Charles Tottenham married Anne Loftus, therefore became Charles Loftus the lord of the manor. It was very common back in the day for wealthy women's families. Uh, If a man married in, they would have to adopt their last name. Men today, you guys would shit your pants over that. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I'm sorry. So just to reiterate, if the woman was wealthy, the man would take her name? Correct. Because okay. there would be more of an inheritance and a legacy and mm-hmm. all of that jazz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, <yeah. laughs> there would be a hard time with it, gentlemen today. <laughs> what a world that would be. <laughs> uh, it is said that Charles Loftus was very proud of his name, and image was everything to him. He honestly, when I was reading, he sounds like a pompous asshole. But he was very loving to his family for the most part. He just really cared a lot about what people thought of him. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's could be why he married into this family. But that's just my opinion. Well, they accepted him. Yeah. Uh, he wanted his family and his home to always be perfect, clean condition, prepared for any visitors. Anne was a much more free spirit and just loved being a mother and spending time with her children. She was super fun. She always played with the kids all day. They would run through the gardens. They would have special bonding moments. Looking out into the sea, it is known that she often taught her kids about the ocean and different legends and things like that. She was just kind of had the fun fantasy side of the Two different parents. The two of them had six children before Anne passed away, after a long and slow battle with what we can only assume is cancer. Uh. We know that her health and energy began to decline, taking months for her passing. Unfortunately it was in front of the children and her husband. Oh gosh. There's six kids. Six, six saw that happening. It is one of these six children, a daughter also named Anne, who is at the center of this story. After all, the children grew up, and married, moved out of the hall. Anne was left by herself to find entertainment, which really bums me out because she just all her older siblings got married and left. So that's so sad. It just sucks. It reminds me of Anna and the Castle from Elsa, Elsa and Anna, Anna, not Anna. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Anna and she's singing and she's like okay bye oh that's it's like so makes sad. me so sad she like wants to play with somebody it's like this go hand. away anna okay bye so sad that's the image you just put in my head oh mine too it's a real fucking bummer man yeah So, again, she was left to herself to find entertainment. She would wander the grounds alone and spend hours in her room, wondering if she would ever experience the love and happiness her siblings were so fortunate to have. Uh. As she was very lonely and yearned for happier days ahead, her company was often with the house servants, who waited on her hand and foot. So... In some sense, she was lucky. She did always have people around, and she was like her mother And the fact that she was kind to the servants, and she learned a lot about gardening and, you know, got to got to help them around the house, and she wasn't totally alone. That makes me feel a little better. She yeah, wasn't yeah, just like, but she's surrounded by adults. Yeah, uh, so sometimes she would even beg her father to let him join him on business trips so she could get out of the house. Let, I'm sorry, let her join him on business trips? Yes. Okay. Charles uh often would shoot her a scowl or stepped in her way if he found that she was flirting or even eyeing a young man wait how old is she uh this is kind of throughout her life but she's okay. up to i'm still she, imagining like a six-year-old no, no no she's not that young when all her siblings are married i know at the time of the the, the legends starting she's 21 so she's she's gotta okay. be like she's 17 sure. ish yeah. or something okay that makes more sense yeah, this is a of I was like, why is this a six year old flirting? He should be concerned. <laughs> yes. Should have a heavy scowl. So she rarely often came around men. And when she did, of course, she wanted to flirt. Dad was like, no. No man was worthy of his youngest daughter. And he, of course, had to approve of who would inherit Loftus Hall in the future. All right, be careful, bro, because you went into a rich family not being of as higher status yourself. So call him well, a keister. He kind of has ownership now because th- that woman died. Now he's... I know, but still, still don't don't forget your humble upbringing, bruh. Right? That just didn't work that way then. Anyways. So, yeah. So he had to prove of who would inherit Loftus Hall. And, of course, that husband would have to adopt the Loftus family name should he marry Lady Anne. So Charles has since remarried to his cousin, Jane Cliff. The dad married his cousin? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, again, the 1775. I know. It doesn't change the Mm. fact that I look at my cousins and think, not one of y'all would I go marry. And it's no offense to them. So is it your first cousin or second cousin? No, it's a straight-up first cousin. (laughs) First cousins are your cousins. Yes. Yeah, but he's my first cousin. (laughs) Uh, And the two of them are now living with a now 21-year-old, Ann, in Loftus Hall. When a terrible storm struck the peninsula... From out of this dark and stormy night came a young stranger, dressed in all black, arriving at Loftus Hall on bare horseback. He is said to have had... Who rides a horseback bear? You'll see. Again, this is legend, so there could make him out to be a stallion, and he could be, uh, sorry, but, like, Danny DeVito, like, (laughs) running him to mud. We love you, Danny DeVito. Love you, Danny. (laughs) Like, (laughs) who knows? <laughs> a three foot hobbit came and yes, okay, got it. Um, Not Danny DeVito. And and some legends it even says that he was on a ship completely by himself, which doesn't make sense because you need a captain. You off some somebody sailors. to be by yourself by the time you arrived. Yeah, so like he just. Uh, kind of arrives here mysteriously. Uh, he is said to have very good looks and a dashing smile. He kindly asks for shelter at Loftus Hall, and this is not uncommon occurrence in the time when the crazy weather around uh, the peninsula, you know, it, the ocean, the weather, mm-hmm. it's wild. Weather. People let other people in to just get out of it. Mm-hmm. And it tends to last for days as well. So, as you can imagine, Anne was quickly attracted to him. <laughs> Danny DeVito, yeah. <laughs> yes. No. Sorry, I completely ruined the image for everybody. Yes. Okay, let's bring sexy back. Um, <laughs> we're like, uh, uh, who's sexy? Let's, uh, what's the sexy Irishman in uh, Outlander? He's Scottish, so. You're right. God. Also, this guy doesn't have red hair, but we'll just move on, okay? Just okay, like, think uh, of Brad Pitt in his prime, Okay. He was sexy. Don't, can't say I love him now. But. Uh, uh, Henry Cavill. Cavill. Cavill? Cavill. Yes, that is him. Yeah, okay. That's him. That's who was writing bareback. Wicked, sexy smile, all wet from the rain, wearing all black. Was that black. a wicked, sexy smile, or is he wicked and he has a sexy smile? You know, just, you're ruining my legend here. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Excuse me? There's two people on the show. I thought I was here for commentary. No, you are, you are, you are. So Anne of course was quickly attracted to him and they soon began spending a lot of time together. And honestly, this is like every single girl's dream is to have like the sexy food delivery guy show up at your door and like mm-hmm. whatever. So and- I mean I've never once thought about that, but yeah. Well, you I get that—that's a dream. You got married when you were young. You were Anne's age. You were twenty-one. Yeah. And honestly, and this poor girl's probably like really horny. So she's just like, <laughs> "Hey, like this stud has showed up, and Dad said he come inside." Oh my gosh, that's uh, so funny. Their budding affection combined with the weather made the stranger a tenant at Loftus Hall for several days. They would stay up late by the fire, talking to each other, walks throughout the hall, and Wait, hours. And where's is? And Dad and cousin stepmother is like just hanging they're, around. They're home, yeah. They're home. Actually, like a lot of people live multi-family. In the hall. Yeah, it's multi-generational. Yeah. now like they hang out with their I think I think like some of their servants and then I know there's like some tenants of the hall. Hmm. And the dad's favorite thing to do was play cards cuz there's not a lot of things what to they do. don't have Netflix. No. No, they don't, but especially Of course my son would say Netflix. Netflix. That's so cute. It's always Netflix. I thought it was like, you know, his breakfast cereal and show. Netflix. (laughs) Definitely like when outside is canceled out because it's so gross and rainy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cards is what you did. So he would invite people over to play, blah, blah, blah. So again, Lady Anne and the stranger would take walks throughout the hall. They would spend hours in Anne's favorite room, the tapestry room. And she doesn't know his name yet? No. He is just the stranger in this legend. That's so interesting. You will soon find out why he did not reveal his name. Oh, my God. Um, So anyways, they would spend hours in the tapestry room, which, as you can imagine, just filled with tapestries from all across the world. It was apparently a really beautiful room, just like kind of like an art art room, Mm -hmm. but just with tapestries uh, from all over. And that's really that was really common. Yeah, and that was Anne's favorite place. Anne was completely swooned by the strange guest as he always complimented her and showed loving affection towards her. He would sneak in sweet caresses or kisses here and there. He was in all sense exactly... Girl, ask him his name. Right? He was in all sense exactly who she had been waiting for. So one night, several residents of the hall were gathered around playing cards. As I said before, this is Charles' most prefer- preferred <laughs> message. Puffoid. <laughs> <laughs> Poyfoid. It was his most preferred method to unwind in the evenings, and mind you, one of the few things to do for entertainment in the indoors. Playing cards and alcohol flowing in full swing amongst his friends and family. Lightning and thunderous storms are still going strong outside, setting up this eerie yet cozy scene as they play cards in front of a rolling fireplace. Candle candles lit everywhere. And hanging out with his cousin wife. Got it. (laughs) Yeah, cousin love. (laughs) All right, well, I'm trying to get serious here. I'm sorry. I'm not good at that. Do I look serious to you? No, that looks less serious. She just put a candle under her chin. It was during one of the games that Anne dropped her ring, or by some accounts, a card. I blew out the candle. You blew out the candle. (laughs) mother toad that's what i get okay mother toad starting over because we need a freaking theme here this is not funny no you need a vibe okay it was during one of the games that Anne dropped her ring or by some accounts a card and she saw something that changed her forever leaning down to pick it up under the table in the flickering light she saw long tufts of thick dark hair and a cloven hoof at the end of the stranger's left leg Just his left leg. Yeah. Probably had like his legs crossed or something under the table. Okay. She instantly let out a shriek of horror. She stared blankly at the stranger in front of her and felt nauseated watching the stranger glaring back at her. The others in the room are in shock as to what happened as they only heard Ann scream. Suddenly, the stranger begins to giggle loudly. This quickly bursts into ear-piercing, wild, manic laughter, as he continued to stare at the perplexed young Anne. What did Anne do to you? Right? she you got to go bring your furry ass so in, in there with and, you? and mess with her. Jeez. Right? Start like dating so hard. Again. No matter what okay, time it bye. is. Okay, bye. Feel so rejected. Now exposed, the stranger revealed that he was, in fact, the devil. He slammed his hand hard onto the table and erupted into immense flames. Everyone in the room now wincing at the piercing sound of his sadistic laughter and horrified by the scene unfolding before them. The stranger was now a burning man. The putrid smell of burning flesh filled the air, and his arms outstretched beside him until he was totally engulfed in flames. A large, thunderous bang filled the room, causing everyone to die for cover, as now a ball of fire shot up straight and disappeared through the roof, engulfing Engulfing the guests in smoke and the smell of sulfur. According to a popular legend, the hole created by the devil's exit of Loftus Hall was never properly repaired, and some say you can still see the spot where the roof is very different to this day. Hmm. The like, sorry, the roof or like the ceiling, like the roof from well, atop the top of the house. He shot through the roof of the room, which also exited through the roof of the house. So you said the roof say, of he, the room. You meant the ceiling of the room that went through the roof of the house. Oh my god, sure. I'm just what, making sure we're on the same page. Yes. So I'm wondering if the ceiling looks different or the roof looks different. We're going to assume the ceiling has like a weird little hole-ish stain, like a mildew stain or something. It can never quite cover it. Yeah. And maybe the like shingles you, like, are yeah, a little like bit Yeah, like you replastered off. or textured it and the texture's not quite right. Right. Slightly a different color. Okay. Because it has circle of the devil up there. Interesting. So, Anne never recovered from this traumatic event. She was now trapped in her own mind, replaying all events over and over. His seemingly handsome demeanor, to the dreadful laughter, to the gross hoof under the table... In the image of a burning man, her family actually confined her to her favorite room, the tapestry room, which had been her favorite. I, I'm sorry. Wait, they can, t- I'm sorry. They confined her there at a safety or they thought she was crazy? Brittany, I mean, she, she saw the hoof. They didn't. Did they see she the ball stopped, of she fire? She stopped, she stopped, they did see the fire, but like she stopped speaking completely. Okay. So she became a mute. Yeah. So they confined her to the tapestry room and she stayed there until her death which was shortly after uh just a year later god i hope you weren't gonna say like and for 50 years she never left the tapestry room no like that's prison i mean she kind of was in like a mental prison or something i'm sure but yeah and like when you hear a little bit more it's just it's just a sad thought so after Anne died her spirit is said to have returned to haunt the halls of the manor especially the room where she was confined She's not alone, though. The devil also made a return appearance, actually several of them. Legend states that this sinister figure returned to the spot where he was en to plague the place with poltergeist activity and to continuously torment poor Anne. Why? What did Anne do? I know! Though a Protestant family, the family of Loftus Hall called in several clergymen, even a Catholic priest to try to purge the house of the devil's haunting. The priest, Father Thomas Broders, is said to have had the most success. There's a legend that his gra- gravestone once bore the inscription, here lies the body of Thomas Broders, who did good and prayed for all and who banished the devil from Loftus Hall. The fact that Loftus Hall re- maintains its haunted reputation to this day, however, suggests that even Father Broders wasn’t entirely successful in expunging the evil forces from the vulnerable state. According to various accounts, Anne never spoke another word after her sighting of the devil’s cloven hoof. She is said to have spent her days looking out of the window across the sea with her knees drawn up to her chin. When she mm-hmm. died, they say they could not straighten up her body, so she was buried as is with a custom-made square-shaped coffin for her burial. Wow. Since That's her, really sad. I know. Since her death, she reportedly reportedly haunts the property, and it is Aunt Spirit standing beside what appears to be a ghostly visage of an older woman. Many believe that was... That, that many... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Anyways... This picture was photographed by a tourist that went viral in 2014, cementing Loftus Hall reputation as the most haunted house in all of Ireland. And that is the legend of the story that happened at Loftus Hall and the night they say that they hosted the devil himself. Wow. I wonder what, like, dad and cousin stepmother, like, said after that. How do you go and stay in that house after you think the devil was in there right and there were reading. Really, there's so many versions of the story there's actually a really cool book by chris rush um it's like a it's definitely a fabricated more fictionalized version i mean they're they give just way too many details about mm. the mom and there's like chapters of the romance between the devil and anne um but it's still kind of a fun read so I, i'm guessing it makes me feel better in a weird way to know that not to know that he was the devil, but that would make more sense in not asking his name like he probably was able to like captivate her in a way. yeah, to where she just didn't even think she of was that. just a I thought you were gonna tell me this whole time that it was Redmond. No, that would suck. I mean his I was ghost like he is came back to haunt. There, but yeah, but he's now like a really minor ghost. Yeah, but it, it is interesting that this story has floated around forever. I mean, it's it can kind of go with, like, the Bell Witch of, like, you're just listening to s- stories and legends of, like, things other people have said. Of course, the president visited the Bell House. Um, yeah. So, so it's, just, Andy it's Jackson. just interesting that this devil story has kind of stuck. And, yeah, what I was saying that, I was looking at different versions of the legend. Uh, one said that the, the men of the household did, like, run out. To to like see if they could find whoever just went up through the roof like is the roof on fire is it any is anyone out there like was they, it they, on they, fire they, or is it they, just they, a I mean, hole it, it's still raining it's just a hole oh okay but there was there's nothing to see so i think yes they obviously if they Got an exorcism on the house. They definitely believed it happened, but I think Anne was most affected because, obviously, she felt like she was in love with this person or and something. You can't and then you're unsee just, something. Yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know what I would do if I saw, like, cloved hoof under the table. I would... Also have a ear-piercing screen. Nice Halloween costume, bro. I gotta go. Uh, yeah, I feel like we would all be trapped in the tapestry room, not just poor Anne. But, um, Interesting, though, when you take those things and, like, put them in today's times, like, people are so jaded now that... So you're like, was you kinda... I too drunk? Did that actually happen? Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. Like, oh my god, god, I'm so drunk right now. I just thought you had a cloved hoof. Isn't that wild? <laughs> <laughs> and like, These just are not you Touch brownies. <laughs> and, like... <laughs> Mr. Devilman would be like, God, I can't get anybody nowadays to, like, freak out like they used to. Yeah. These are not harsh <laughs> <laughs> Oh, But even even if you don't believe in that, the devil story, at this time, there is a huge ongoing problem with Protestants and Catholics. Keep in mind, the Queen of England was Protestant. And at the time, ruling weighed heavily on religion. Catholics were often fined, denied access to many things, and the Queen at this time even revoked the Pope's political authority. So, on Laney's terms, Protestants hate Catholics and vice versa. The law Loctis- yeah, in the region that has been a, that's, I mean, well, Bloody Mary, um, I'm pretty sure kind of ruined it for everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah, for because sure. Because she was a little too Catholic. Yeah. Um, I think, I think religion is wonderful to have if that is what you believe. I don't think it should rule how you rule countries or people. Well, we live in a country with freedom of religion and I think that's the way it should be. And I'm saying that even as, you know, I'm a Christian, I, but people should freely be able to believe in that or whatever they want to believe in being forced into something doesn't make you a believer. Yeah. And that makes you scared. And that honestly wasn't where I was trying to go with it. I was trying to just just really drill the nail in the coffin here as to in the seventeen hundreds how difficult that this battle was, and for the Loftus family to be such hardcore Protestants for them to reach out to the Catholic Church for help mm-hmm. is a that huge is a big deal. deal. Like I mean, an admission they, of we they, need you. Yeah, they have to believe it's real for such a prominent family to go so far to ask for help from a religious group that they, you know, supposedly hate and look down upon. It would be a problem for their image, so to say. And Charles gave a lot of shit about his image. That's interesting, though, that you said that and you already connected it to the Bell Witch. Because remember, the Bell family did not want to tell anybody about the hauntings that were going on at their house. And so for them to, like, have somebody over and, like, look, we need validation that you see this too, that is kind of interesting. Also, this is one of my favorite things because this is documented as fact. There is documentation that an exorcism was performed. In fact, there is a letter from the bishop to Father Broda stating, After much consideration, I have no reason to doubt the Tottenham Loftus story as it is now a rife among the congregation. By God's mercy and your faith, I urge you to proceed with haste to Loftus Hall, and rid the family of that which disturbs them there. God bless you, Tom. So, was the exorcism done on Anne or the house? The house. Okay. Exorcised <clears throat> demons from the house. Got it. Yeah. So, during the exorcism, Father Thomas stated that slate tiles were coming off the roof, Miss Sorry, to answer your question before, Anne is dead by this time, but there are still weird paranormal things going on. Anne died pretty quickly. Like, the story starts in 1774 or 5, and they state that she died in 75, so this... Okay, okay. This could have been just a few months or a year, but either way, not very long. Okay, Um, gotcha. But during the exorcism, Father Thomas documented that Slate tiles were coming off the roof, miscellaneous objects were being thrown, the house was attacked by crows coming from every angle. Oh, hell no. There were howling sounds, and there was even crying out by Anne wanting to be let out of the tapestry room. And she was dead. She was dead. Supposedly, he was able to rid the house of most of the spirit activity except for the tapestry room, where he confined most of the activity there, giving some peace to the family. Well, thanks for bringing it to one room. How joyful. I know. Where Anne was. That was Anne's room, too, and you moved all the spirits in there? I know, and like, while she's crying. Kind of rude. Could you leave that one space to her and move them all to, like, a closet? Right, and like, if you do truly believe the devil's there, you still have to think of all the battles that happened on that property. There are so many people dead. Yes. It's like, no, the, why are you just forcing whatever you don't see or hear about and somewhere else? No, the energy there is definitely not great because it's seen a lot of violent things happen there, no matter how you, no matter how you shape it. Yeah. So, between 1872 and 1884, John Henry Wellington Graham Loftus... Fourth Marquis of Eli, under the guidance of his mother, Lady Jane Hope Via Loftus, lady-in-waiting to Queen Victoria. Their names just got longer as time went on. (laughs) Certainly did. But you could tell that they're also still getting more prominent as they're... I mean, Lady Jane is lady-in-waiting to Queen Victoria. They undertook an extensive rebuilding of the entire mansion, adding several elements, such as the well-known Grand Staircase, which I will get into soon, The mosaic tile floor, which I will also get into more detail. (laughs) Elaborate parquet flooring and technical elements, which had not been seen in houses in Ireland at that time, such as Flushing toilets, thank you, toothless, and uh-huh. blown air heating. Some of Lord Eli's inspiration was taken from the Osborne House, which is was at the time the Queen's summer residence on the Isle of Wight, which you can look up, and it is beautiful. So you could see where some of the inspiration came from. But it was during the renovations that it was discovered. What do you think was discovered? Um, when things are being knocked down. What? When things are being knocked down. I don't know. Bones. Spirit. All right, so Anna, the, <laughs> Anne, not Anna. It was during the renovations, it was discovered that an infant's remains were found hidden in the walls of the remains. tapestry room. I uh, said something about remains, right? I said bones? Yeah. Okay. It was an infant's remains in the tapestry room. So some have theorized that the legend of the devilish visitor was fabricated to hide the scandalous truth that Anne was impregnated out of wedlock, potentially by the visitor. And subsequently left her baby to die. Oh. In, in all honesty, it wouldn't shock me that Charles would banish her into the tapestry room so during she could her have pregnancy. Been in labor, and that was like her shriek, scream, and then they took her to the tapestry room. It's like to have quite possible, a especially since he cared so much about his name. He hid his daughter. And granddaughter. His pregnant daughter from the world, so nobody knew that she was pregnant out of wedlock because that was a no-no at the time. Wow. So that is a possibility. Honestly, I would like to believe the devil fucking visited. (laughs) I don't want to believe the devil devil visited. Yeah, other, I mean. Hey, he visited there. He could visit other places. I don't want to visit. True. I mean, yeah, Charles is definitely father of the year anyway, so who knows? That could have certainly happened. I mean, I don't want to think of a dad. Doing that to his daughter either, so I'm hoping there's a third alternative. Well, you know, times before, you know, no, I know, but like women were shipped it, off. It was to, almost like, go recently. Go that, that, yeah, I no, know. I totally, I, 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 get the history behind that. Yeah. I don't, I still don't understand that you're talking about your daughter and your grandchild yeah. and. Just being human, how can you do that to another person? But that's what happens when you have sex with your cousin. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Well, that's a whole other thing. Again, I get that that happened. I'm not going to understand it. You shared a grandmother, you shared a grandfather. Like, that's just weird. You you really, that's cool. Yeah. So the devil could have visited. Or that could have happened. Either way, there was a baby in the walls, and we don't know how long that baby has been there. It could have been before the Loftus family. Dang, they didn't. couldn't like date I mean, in the walls. Yeah, that's the other thing. Did that dad the really family hide? Family did most of the renovations. The Loftus family did some, but it wasn't until this. But why would they hide? I'm talking about. Who hides the bones of a baby in there? That's what I think. I'm like, really? The dad would like hide his grandchild's bones in the wall? That seems crazy. Yeah, that does seem crazy. I feel like it would be more likely for the time, like the, unfortunately, the actual mother of that child to maybe hide it in the walls to hide what happened. Maybe. Like, because maybe she did go crazy. Maybe she just thought she saw the devil and wanted to like save her baby or some crazy shit. Yeah. Potentially kept her in there for an indeterminate amount of time. Maybe she did go into labor in there, and who knows? Yeah. That's a really sad thought. Yeah, either way, it's sad. So going into kind of the details of some of the coolest parts of the house that are still seen today. Um, So the staircase. The Neo-Jacobean staircase was commissioned in 1872 as part of the renovations of Loftus Hall. This is only one of three other staircases like it. One being in the Pope's quarters of the Vatican, and can you guess where the other one is? No, why do you keep making me guess things? I'm unprepared. You make me do it all the time, first of all, and second... Uh, no. Think of a freaking grand, awesome staircase that you have seen. First thing that came to my mind was the Titanic staircase, so... That is it? Shut up! That is it! No, you're not! You got it right! You win $100! What?! Yeah, it's crazy, because I was really like, wait, that you threw me off, because now I'm just thinking of Titanic. Yes. That's, okay, that's weird. We were like vibing there. We were vibing. So vibing, yes, that, not vibing. Vibing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes, it is the classic look that we all remember, Rose coming down from a staircase that sprawls upwards, left and right, meeting in the middle, oh. to another set of stairs where Jack awaits her at the bottom, with oh. that ever-so-handsome that's smile. That's the saddest. In Sweetest scene when she dies and she's like reunited with him on the Titanic. Yes. Remember when we had that and it was two VHS tapes? I remember dad taking me to see it in theaters three times. Yeah, me too. I was there. Yeah, it, it was Titanic and the movie Signs are the only movies I've seen more than once, let alone three times each. Oh, I saw Hocus Pocus like eight times in theaters. I don't remember seeing that one in theaters. I probably oh did. Oh my God, I saw it so many times. Yeah, and Titanic was the other one, which is amazing because it's such a long movie. Like to take kids to that, I know. We were really awesome, but I was like super young. When yeah. did that come out? Ninety six, seven. Um, I was seven. Yeah, something wife. like that. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I you had the to be six or end, seven. So that's what I was. Yeah, so I was like ten. So crazy. Yeah, so crazy. There's only three staircases like it, and one of them is in Loftus Hall now. Wow, makes me really want to go. I know. Uh, unfortunately you can't but we'll get there uh so the staircase it contains 26 different types of oak it was it took eight years to build in italy and then it was shipped to ireland and it took two years to install without a single screw or nail to hold it together in loftus hall they just wow. puzzle pieced it together and how long did it take two years that's a long time to put mother love and stairs together. I know. And it like they shipped it in like giant puzzle pieces. Like basically. literally the stairs are meant to just walk up to the next story. I mean, I'm not saying but that like I don't care so about grand. architecture, but that's you could build a lot of houses in two years. Yeah, for sure. But you'll see that a lot of this stuff takes a long time in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah. The floors. Now, this one is... This one I actually called Ashley about to ask if I could tell it because I, I wasn't sure if the last piece of information was true or not. I did hear some of it from actually another podcast. But anyways, here I go. The floors. Uh, they're very intricately laid mosaic-tiled floors in the home. It is said that two of the most talented craftsmen from Italy were hired to undertake the commission of redoing The floors. It took years to lay the designs as sure as the perfect shades of colors and placements. And upon completion, they called the house, the head of the house, for final inspection. He liked it so much. He didn't want anyone else to have this beautiful piece of art or anything similar. So instead of rewarding them, he had them slaughtered so they will never be able to recreate the same tile flooring for anyone else. Wow. I just found a picture of Loftus Hall on the stairway and a stranger walking up. Yeah, that's some shit. Could you imagine spending years on a beautiful piece of art that is a floor and then just like being killed? No. For being so brilliant at your job. (laughs) Yeah, we need you to not do that again. No, that's horrible. Yeah, so... uh, Be mediocre, people. uh, The part I wasn't sure about is if the men were actually slaughtered or not. Um, Nothing is really clear and I feel like now that we're getting closer to the 1900s that piece should be clear. Of course these guys did come from Italy to do it. Again, I don't know if John Loftus slaughtered them. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Again, I I don't have the best or worst taste of the Loftus family name. I I'm not sure they were the greatest people. And again that the some shady people. The, yeah, the land is just so dark and creepy it wouldn't surprise me if he just slaughtered people. During a home renovation. Why not? Yeah. Uh, So John Loftus unfortunately died at a pretty young age without any known issues. He left the estate in poor financial state to his cousin, who eventually elected to place it on the market. He classed it as a three-story, non-basement mansion with nine bays to the front with a balustraded... Parpè, I did have to look up parpè, which means low retaining wall railing or guardrail, which is often used for the soldiers to guard the castle. I mm-hmm. guess that piece stayed up. Mm-hmm. When when did this go for sale? This is at the end of eighteen seventies, eighteen eighty. I wonder what listing a house was like back then. No MLS. Yeah. Three story non mansion basement, like it has so many crazy things. It's like twenty two bedrooms. Yeah, that's just wild. Um, in nineteen seventeen, Loftus Hall was brought or bought by the Sisters of Providence and turned into a covenant. Am I saying that right? Covenant mm-hmm. sounded weird reading it. I'm sick of talking, people. I'm not. I'm not used to this part of the job. <laughs> It's a school for young girls interested in joining the order. In 1983, it was purchased by Kate. After, sorry, I have to say, after the rumors of what happened in that house, it's in- interesting they'd make it a, a covenant. Right? So I actually read, and I couldn't prove the other one. It said that uh, one set of nuns bought bought it and immediately left. And then another set of nuns came in. So I don't know. I don't know what that story is. Um, the actual documented ones, though, is is the Sisters of Providence. So that's the one I'm going with. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a few people sprinkled in that were like, never mind. And again, it could have been like, yeah, the What's religion of the of the convent that's there. Maybe the other one was, yeah. I What's don't that know. What does sellers disclosure say? Are they talking about that devil that was in there? Are they in omitting 1917, that? Seventeen? Do you have to? That's what I'm saying. You're I, the realtor. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, 1916 Irish real estate law. Yeah. In 1983, it was purchased by Kay and Michael Devereaux, who opened it up as Loftus Hall Hotel, which really didn't last very long. It had a closure in the late 1990s. That's unfortunate. Is it just because of where it's located? Probably. I mean, Ireland is still being visited a lot in the 80s and 90s, so it kind it doesn't go into much info on these, like, but it's miscellaneous seems, owners. It seems like it's just pretty secluded. Like It is secluded. Like, am I going to go there and stay for a week? Or is that like, I'm going to go visit Loftus Hall for the night and leave? And that's probably not something everybody would do. You're not in a major I mean, I Irish would stay in a hotel for a week and probably... But not in a secluded I, area I where there's not, not a lot of stay other attractions. A, a hotel that supposedly the devil went to or that's haunted. No. I wouldn't stay for anything more than a night. Yeah. But unless that hotel had, like, a crap ton of amenities, if it's that secluded, I'm not staying there for a week. Yeah, and you'll find the later owners, there's so many renovations that need to be done. So I I don't, it might have been kind of a run-down, drafty crap. It's a pretty old house. Um, But there was, after that hotel closed in the late 90s, There's a brief rumor that U2's Bono was going to buy it. Hmm. But that is not proven as fact. It is a very large rumor. I, Bono just didn't say yes or no, so that would have been pretty cool. Let us know Bono. Yes, please do email at, us at hauntedrepod at gmail.com. Address it to Laney JK. <laughs> Anyways, so the latest owners, Shane and Aiden Gwigley, purchased Loftus Hall for eight hundred thousand dollars in two thousand eleven. Though the mansion retains a solid foundation, the current owners decided to give it a thorough renovation, but no amount of renovations has has removed the property's ominous character for locals. With such an engrossing story on their hands, the Quigleys opted to use the legend to their advantage from offering haunted tours throughout the property to overnight programs allowing people to experience the creaking residence for themselves. They've put the legend to lucrative use. Now, I did try to get the episode of Ghost Adventures. They did an episode on Loftus Hall. I was unable to watch it. So if you're able to watch the season nine episode, I think it's three. uh, Let me know. Uh, It is reported that one of the guys, uh, I think his name is Adam. They did get footage of a like a a demonic spirit on Hmm. top of his shoulders. Uh, No. And so like when I read that, I was like, I need to watch it. I tried to get Discovery Plus. Of course, once I had that downloaded, it said, episode not available. So I said, okay, Anthony, not meant to be. (laughs) I wonder if you can find that on YouTube, though. Uh, Yeah, that sounds like a good one to watch. I've never watched Ghost Adventures, but there's a ton of seasons, so Mm -hmm. I'm assuming they're doing pretty good. Um, Anyways, despite all the recent renovations, the 27,120 foot Square property sitting on 63 acres with a private beach and about 22 bedrooms is in dire need of further renovation, which would cost untold sums. I'm sure millions of dollars to get it up to a proper code. Yes, just to replace the 97 windows that need to be replaced would be $400,000. Mm-hmm. This is precisely why the Quigleys opted to sell Loftus Hall in 2020 For 2.87 million, but even after it's sold, it's likely that the Quigleys will not be able to shake the eerie feeling described by many who stepped foot inside. As Aiden Quigley said. There's always a feeling that you're not alone in Loftus Hall. Loftus Hall is not currently open to the public today anymore, which is a huge bummer, but that's not to say it won't be in the future. That wraps up the story of Loftus Hall, and I do have some fun facts of the surrounding areas if you want to stay tuned for that, but that is Loftus Hall and the legend of them hosting the devil. What do you think about uh, that? That's super creepy. Also, it's so unfortunate these really old properties... They have so much historical value, but the monetary portion of that to get them to, like, to restore it. I mean, man, it's just, it's, it's a bummer how much that costs because that's why so many people just want to knock everything down. Well, that's, like, why people, like, who's our favorite? Oh, my gosh, why can't I think of his freaking name? The Vampire's Kiss. Nick Cage. Oh, that's why he went broke because he bought properties like that. That were like you're just throwing your money away essentially. Like unless you had a group of really wealthy like friends that really wanted to just like you go needed, in on it yeah. with you, yeah, but that's hard because you, you have to look at that as you're gonna throw money uh, away. <laughs> I can't even think of the word. It's it's not gonna be a financial investment that you're gonna see like a great no, return it's on. Be it's be gonna be like thanks for respecting history and yeah, maybe like allowing giving people back to the world. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so for you billionaires out there, do that. You know, Ashley and I would love to come stay for free and enjoy the beauty and renovations you put into it. Sure, yeah. Thanks for putting that out there. You're so welcome. So just to wrap it up, and again, I hope my first story, it might be my last, I hope it didn't totally suck. No, that was interesting. Oh, good. Um, So quick fun facts about County Wexford. Since I did start with Hook Lighthouse... Uh, I'm just really enchanted with this area, and I can't wait to go visit, but fun facts. So, Selk- Bar Abbey in Wexford Town is built on the spot where the first Anglo-Irish peace treaty was signed back in 1169. Oh, wow. Yeah. The 1169. Treaty- yes. The treaty was signed by Di- Diarmite Mac Merchada, who had recently <laughs> been removed from his position as the King of Leinster, It was his removal that set in motion the events that inevitably led to the Norman invasion of Ireland. So, like, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Really fun fact. Professor Fabio Tronsarelli of Viterbo University found evidence in the Vatican's Inquisition archives that the real Zorro was a man named William Lamport, an Irish Catholic adventurer who was born in Wexford Town during the 1600s. So Zorro was chilling there. Interesting. While Redmond was defending his castle. Yeah. And then another fun fact, because it's just like gives me anxiety. Uh, Wexford Town is known for their extremely narrow streets, and that can be blamed on the Vikings. Vikings founded this town back in 800 AD. The Vikings preferred narrow and winding streets because it made it cumbersome for enemies to launch large-scale attacks. For the most part, Viking streets... We're about four four meters in width, so that's like twelve feet. Yeah, that's some windy paths. You don't want to come across any other vehicle, and I'd say that's so interesting that because, of course, the Vikings are like constantly thinking about war and enemies because of the things that they did. Ah. So the the way they're just like building little towns and stuff like that, they're like, no, we have to think about def-. everything and is about defense. Everything is about defense. But we're in 2023, so I know they probably don't want to change those, what I'm imagining are like cobblestone streets Yeah, that are not the, very long. The sheep but just walking across and cars going into ditches. No, it's a massive, <laughs> massive inconvenience. And I know the cars are smaller over in the UK, but that's still pretty small. Pretty tiny. Uh, yeah. Uh, the D-Day landing scenes from the movie Saving Private Ryan in 1998 were filmed at... Balanced Beach. I totally botched that. I think it's Bal Bal Balins- <laughs> Okay, that Anyways. was way worse. I don't know. Sorry, everybody. And where is that to Loftus Hall? Uh, it's it's a it's a beach in County Wexford, so it's just within a few miles. Uh, okay. The filming on the beach began in June '97, and it did uh, give an estimated six million pounds injected into the local economy. Oh, wow. This one I think might be the coolest. No. One of the coolest. Let me judge. Go and say it. Okay. The father of the American Navy, John Barry, was born in a village of Tacomshane in County Wexford. In 1797, President George Washington appointed Barry as the commander-in-chief of the American Navy. The bronze statue that you see in Wexford's Crescent Quay was a gift from the USA. It was delivered by the United States Navy destroyer USS John R. Peace during the 1950s. Oh, well, that is interesting. Yeah, to think that the father of American Navy is not American. Mm-hmm. Kind of really cool. Yeah, but if it's George Washington, like, was anybody American before George Washington's Well, true. Ring? No, totally correct. But, but no, I, I get what you're saying. Like, you weren't born on our land. Yeah, but in a cool way. I'm not saying, like, go home. <laughs> you weren't born here. <laughs> she doesn't even go here. <laughs> oh, the During the 1798 Rebellion, the most successful and destructive uprising that took place in County Wexford, the uprising lasted, and we did kind of cover this, but... That specifically, it lasted between the 27th of May and 22nd of June. It led to the establishment of a Republican regime. After the rebellion was crushed, its leaders were arrested and hanged. Most of these executions took place at Wexford Bridge. Oh, so again, just, just even covering, more creepier. Well, I mean, at least it was the leaders of, of the bad guys. Yeah. But yeah, it's just adding to the death of that is all this area. Like, no wonder nobody wants to buy Loftus Hall. Yeah. Oh, it is believed the St. Iberius Church on Wexford's Main Street is built on top of a Christian site that dates back as far as 400 AD when St. Patrick was alive. Oh wow! Humans living in County Wexford as far back as 5,000 BC. To put that into perspective, 7,000 years have passed since County Wexford was first inhabited by humans. Because of its proximity to the island of Britain, it is believed that Wexford was one of the first areas in Ireland to be visited by humans. Wow! I know. Like it's pretty. Interesting. I just want to go park my boat in front of Hook Lighthouse and. Do the journey that the Dark Visitor took? I mean, yeah, well, it's kind of yeah. Uh, uh, the great grandfather of U.S. President John F. Kennedy was an Irishman called Patrick Kennedy, who immigrated to the United States from Dunganstown in New Ross during the mid 1800s. In June 1963, JFK visited his ancestral home in County Wexford. That's interesting. Sorry, I'm just like looking at a map here where everything's located. Hmm. Yeah, it's all it's all pretty close um and i did this is my final fun fact um but we did talk earlier about some irish his, history uh the rebels that um alexander redmond saved they were coming from duncannon fort uh, i did not i don't think i mentioned Duncannon but the scenes from the movie the count of monte Cristo*. Christo in 2002 were filmed in the village of Duncanan. In fact, one of the main scenes is filmed in Duncanan Fort, which is a fortress that was built back in 1588. Wow! They let them film for the movie there? Yeah, that's kind of scary because I'd be like, "No, I don't want you to break this." Right? It's like our fort. Alamo is so preserved. Why would you let people film at 1588 Duncanan? Yeah, so crazy. But, guys, that wraps up uh, my first, maybe my last. I don't know. (laughs) No, it's not your last. If if there's good opinion, you all do a few. But Ashley is the teacher, the researcher, the one we want to listen to because she's got that soothing, sexy voice. I'm Dr. Frazier Crane. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for calling. No, but listening. I, I did enjoy looking into this. I hope you'll like the story as much as I did. Yeah, that was really fun. And, of course, I love Ireland. We got to do an, I, another Irish or Scottish one soon. I just love hanging out in that region and doing that research. I do so many in America because that's just, you know, more prevalent, I guess. But Yeah, for sure. No, I... We need to get out, expand. We need to get out. Oh, need to get at we at need me. to get out, not get out of America. I'm just, we need to expand our horizons and... This is uh, Haunted Real Estate taking a tour across the world. Thank you for letting us visit across the pond. Thank you. I'm not going to do an accent. All right, everybody. Hit us up at hauntedrepod at gmail.com and Instagram at haunted.real.estate. And if you would like to patronize us at Patreon. Patronize us. Now, don't actually patronize us, but if you would like to donate to help make the show bigger and better, we are on Patreon.com at HauntedRE. And that is it. That is it. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Goodbye. Bye.